Disgruntled Disney Dweeb Podcast Number 6. Another crappy podcast production. Hi, my name's Alan, and I love Disney. Recasting Disneyland. Today on the Disgruntled Disney Dweeb Podcast, I step back a few months and pull out the last voicemail I received. I usually don't make a show until I've got another show lined up after it, and uh, that was pretty easy to do until all the voicemails stopped coming in. Then, months later, I finally called my own voicemail number and left myself a message and found out my email's been messed up for months and I hadn't been getting any of my voicemails. No wonder the disgruntled hotline was so quiet. I, I didn't think everybody had stopped complaining about stuff. So if you've called and you haven't heard your voicemail played on a show or gotten a response to it, call again, okay? The number is 206 229227 And now, the last voicemail I received back in, I don't know, October 2006? Something like that. Hi, Alan. This is Brian Martzoff of BigBrian-NC.com, home of Walt Disney World of History and Postcards, and Big Brian's Disney Podcast, which you kind of helped start in a way, if you might not know it. But I digress. I enjoyed the latest episode of the Disgruntled Disney Dweeb Podcast, but it wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. You see, when I read Disneyland Gumbo, I thought you were going to be talking about the changes to the cast of the bands in New Orleans Square. Uh, you see, recently Paul Barry on the A Window to the Magic podcast mentioned that the entertainment groups in New Orleans Square were going to be changed. Now, I don't know if this is going to be a recasting like they did with the uh, Dapper Dans a while back, or if they're totally getting rid of these bands with the uh, alliterative names in New Orleans Square like the uh, Side Street Strutters, the Bayou Brass, and the River Rascals. But, um, well, you know, when this happened with the Dapper Dans, I tried to give Disney the benefit of the doubt. I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe for some reason these guys with the Dapper Dans, they, they weren't performing well. Maybe they were some absenteeism or something. And, you know, if one of those guys miss, you don't have a quartet anymore, do you? So if one of them misses work, it, it, can, it can really throw them off. But that's not apparently that's not what's happening it's more seems to be more going along the lines of what's happened in Florida if you being a person that goes to both park both uh, coasts parks probably has seen on Florida there's been a change in the type of entertainment over the years there's in my opinion anyways it's more geared to a more scripted interaction with the guests so that the people in charge of the entertainment department don't know what's going to happen each set, you know, they down to the letter. Well, this can be fun, and, and there's some good people doing this, you know, like a lot of people like the new Dapper Dans. I, I think there's something to be said for the great musicianship and a depth of talent and having a wide repertoire on which to draw from. And I don't know if that's what we're getting with the, all these recasting efforts. You know, at Disney World, I miss the Future Core. That was a band that had a, a, a wide repertoire. They did a lot of different things. They had great musicians, and, you know, well, they're not there anymore. The uh, Walt Disney World Marching Band. You know, again, this was a group that, that played a wide variety of songs and had a
of musicians in it. And, you know, that's, I'm sure, part of the reason for these reductions. It's a lot more expensive to maintain a 30-person band than it is, you know, a dozen guys or whatever it is in the Main Street uh, Philharmonic that they have now. And, and I will say this for them, even though the Main Street Philharmonic's repertoire is more limited, much more limited, they do use uh, musicians in other ways, like uh, in 2005 when I went, I was pleased on my way to my uh, 4 p.m. dining reservation to see a sax quartet performing with the Dapper Dans on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom. That, that was cool. And I imagine some of those musicians may be people that also perform with the Main Street Philharmonic. I'm not sure, but uh, that kind of dual-purposing has been done with the, the groups like the Disneyland Band in the past, too, I'm sure. And uh, that's one of the better things they're doing. <laughs> but I digress. What, what I'm hearing, and, you know, I know I'm basing some of this on what I read on the Internet, and you can't always trust what you hear on the internet. On uh, Mice Chat, a poster by the name of Mr. Trent had a sort of a form letter to, for Disney when they were trying to save the Dapper Dans. In it he says, a couple of months ago the original Dapper Dans were replaced by new and energetic Dapper Dans. This is all wrong. This is not what Walt Disney would have wanted. I know this because the only reason the Dapper Dans were replaced because the new head of entertainment from Florida wanted to make sure the Dapper Dans, like the Florida Dapper, wanted to make the Dapper Dans, like the Florida Dapper Dans. They are automated and predictable. The original group was different every time, never missed a show, and knew enough, and knew enough songs to take requests at any time. This is not so with the new group. I would like it if you would rehire the old Dans. These new guys are young and have their whole lives ahead of them and could be anything. The original guys have been with Disney for the past 20 years. There are no jobs for men who have done nothing but barbershop for most of their lives. They are out of work. They had just come out with a CD that they produced by themselves. They were the voices of the B-sharps on The Simpsons and the busts in the Haunted Mansion movie. The new guys refused to learn more than 25 songs. Please, I will petition to get their jobs back. Just tell me how many signatures you need. In a later post, the same poster, Mr. Trent wrote, I spoke with Bill Lewis of The Real Dans. He told me the whole story. The new Dans are going to be automated machines. They refused to learn more than 25 songs, and three of those, and only three of those used the Deegan organ chimes. Bill told me Disney made him take his two-foot-high stack of music with him because the new ones didn't need them. And also, all of the Dan shows are exactly the same. Exactly. You could look at your watch from the other side of the park and know what they are doing. Bill told me that they wanted the new Dan's more energetic and in your face. That's not what vaudeville is, so it's not correct. The old Dan's were more genuine and each of their shows were different. They took requests for songs and the new ones don't. I talked to poor Shelby and he's still looking for a job. Bill was lucky enough to get a job at Disneyland as a pirate singer only because he could play an instrument. Jim, I think, actually got the short straw. He works with the new Dans and sticks out like a sore thumb. He looks really old near the new guys. I used to think he looked good and young compared to the original Dans. And poor Bob. After ten years of subbing, he finally lived his dream for one and a half years. And they had just come out with their CD, too. Bill said they're still selling them, at least, in the marketplace. And he goes on a little bit more about the old dance and what they're doing now. 
again, you can't b believe everything you read on the internet, but this sounds pretty specific to me. I mean, you know, it's it's generally if people are going to lie, they they generally try to be more vague than this. This guy seems like he uh, actually got some s stuff straight from some of the original dance, so it saddens me to see this kind of thing happening. And it, it makes me wonder if Disneyland is turning a corner, much like the current corner they turned in 94 when they went from a level of high reinvestment into the park to an era of cost-cutting under the leadership of then Paul Pressler. You know, especially with Matt Wimay moving on from the park. You kind of wonder if this guy who had gotten so much praise for what he did with the park, for him to move on, did he just not feel supported in his job? You know, what's going to happen now? Uh, I still have a lot of hope that this that's not going to happen, that they, if they, even if they do let something slide, that it won't go as bad as it did under Pressler. But this type of thing worries me. When they, I see them cutting out talented people and, and, and things that are going to be missed by the people that really care about the park. So that's my rant. Hey, Brian. Great rant. Thank you for calling. But uh, let me correct a few things here. First, the guys that we knew were not the original Dapper Dans, not by a long shot. The Dans started out in 1959, and I bet there are people out there who were sad that the 1960s Dans were replaced when they moved on or retired or whatever. This goes back to an episode I did on my Park Hopping Podcast show about perspectives. What we see first becomes our point of reference. Epcot should always have Communicore and the Future Core Band and World of Motion since that's what we grew up with. But to later generations, such as the kids going to Disneyland for the first time this year, they're only always going to know the new dance and their new show. I mean, that's the only dance they'll know. Is the old Dan show better than the new Dan show? Maybe. But is the old show worse than the one that came before it? I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I wasn't there. I can't say. But there are two things I can say. Number one, the grass may not always be greener on the other side, but it always looks greener. Number two, not only does it look greener, it often looks better landscaped and more well-maintained and stuff like that. And number three, when you get to the bottom of it all, it's still just dirt. Have you ever been downtown and looked at some of the still standing old buildings? And have you noticed how fancy and amazingly designed a lot of them were? Most cities still have a fancy courthouse, even if everything else around it has been torn down and replaced. Here in Des Moines, Iowa, we have a little touristy part of town that used to be part of a train depot or junction or something like that. Now back then it had a bank and a hotel and all kinds of stuff, but today it's just trendy clothing stores, coffee bars, and knick-knack shops. But some of these shops are in tremendously cool old buildings. There's a bookstore that, uh, that used to be a bank. They've turned the safe into some kind of coffee bar. There's a dry cleaner in a building that's so fancy it even has little statues holding trumpets and stuff up on the ledge. I have no idea what it originally was built for, but all you have to do is look at similar construction today on a modern dry cleaner to realize things really have changed. Department stores and movie theaters used to be fancy and full of beautiful architecture. Today they're just buildings. Sometimes they have neon. About the only time I see anything really fancy is if I'm visiting a high-income community where even the McDonald's restrooms will have wood paneling and golden fixtures. But I digress. Yeah, we're losing a lot every day. The Disney parks in their 2000s are missing so much that was there in the 1990s, and the 90s lost things that were big in the 80s and so on. We all remember how things were based on how we saw them the first time. It's even more surprising to me to see how things were before then, 
by reading and looking at pictures. Disneyland had a live organ player on Main Street and a newspaper office where you could get your name inserted in a Disneyland headline. Frontierland had wagons and horses and an Indian village. Now, sure, a lot of this goes away because interests change in time. I mean, we no longer are fascinated by an organ player after we've heard a, a synthesizer. And the days of watching uh, cowboys on horseback has been replaced by uh, playing battle on a PlayStation 3 or something. But there are still plenty of things we like and we would continue to like, so why change? Well, as I've said before, I think it's always about money. It's either going to cost them less and hopefully not lose business, or it's going to cost them the same or more but bring in more business. I miss the old Dapper Dan's at Disneyland. Sure, I mean, I, I, was, I saw Shelby there so many times that he started to recognize us as the ones from Iowa. It's hard to realize that we're going to have to start all over and make new favorites. But do we care? And more important than money is, is ultimately caring. Because if everyone stopped coming to Disneyland when they replaced the Dapper Dan's or the UFOs or whatever they've replaced over the last 50 years, you can bet the park would immediately do whatever it took to reinstate them. But that's not going to happen because, frankly, most of us don't care that much. We just accept it. And that's a pity. We've lost some great things because we just accept it. Now, I'm not saying we should make petitions and protests and do all that junk every time something we like goes away. And for goodness sakes, don't say Walt wouldn't have liked it. You know, Walt replaced all kinds of things because he thought they were going to be better. Maybe somebody truly thinks these new Dapper Dans are going to relate better to modern audiences and keep attention span and make people move on. I mean, there's probably some logic to it somewhere in addition to whatever cost savings they have, but I don't know, maybe one day comments from guys like us will be used as part of a post-mortem research project to see how, to, how the change in parks affected things overall. So it never hurts to make blog posts and to talk about things like this on podcasts. Whatever, just leave a paper trail. We may not care enough to actually stop going to the park if they change something we love. At some point they change enough that maybe we will, but I don't know anyone that's happened to. I know some people that won't buy annual passes and go 500 times a year, but that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I miss the Dans, and you know what? I think I'll probably end up missing these new guys too when they're eventually replaced or eliminated. I mean, after all, it, it could always be worse. I mean, even with the Dapper Dans the next generation, there's still enough dirt to hold Disneyland together that only us disgruntled Disney dweebs are probably going to care. Oh well, I miss Future Core too. Has Disney removed or changed something that you loved? Was it something that changed um, what Disney meant to you? Something significant? What does Disney do that bugs you? Just pick up the phone and call 206-3090-227 and rant away. And I'll try to use them in an upcoming episode. If you don't hear anything back from me, um, leave it again. Until next time, this is Alan, and this is the Disgruntled Disney Dweeb Podcast. Thanks for listening. We miss you, Shelby. Let us know what you think. Call 206-3090-227. That's 206-3090-227. Another crappy podcast production.